Hey everybody, welcome to the Steelers Show. I'm Chris. Got the whole team here. Got Joe Frost and Paul Yancheck. How you guys doing? Raring to go. Doing fantastic. We'll see. This podcast and immediately fall asleep. All right, all right. Well, let's get right to it. So we don't spend too long on this game. Um, I how how we gonna? I'm not even sure how how we want to present this. Um, now I got a little bit of echo. Things that we don't like about Cincinnati. Yes, we're not doing that. Thank goodness. Um. Wow, I'm getting an echo. I'm not sure what's going on here. We had to do it twice last year, and I've run out of things to make fun of Cincinnati about. Uh, Chris, yes. are you worried that Skyline Chili is creeping up into the Columbus area? Uh, a little bit, I'll yeah. tell you. I'm more worried about where it's creeping up inside of my body. <laughs> it was funny. Um, I, I shared this on one of my Twitter accounts. Um University of Cincinnati lost last weekend to Arkansas. It was kind of a big early uh, season game. The Arkansas Twitter account actually had, I don't know if you remember the office scene where uh, Kevin is carrying the chili oh, yeah. inside oh, the office. Chili. Yeah, and he had like a, they put a patch, they kind of CGI'd a patch of University of Cincinnati. He's filled the chili all over himself. Oh, it was fantastic. So they're kind of making fun of you versus Cincinnati and Scott and Chile at the same time, which was fun. Hey. Yeah, very good. Well, weekend of college football. But uh, we're here talking about the um, game. And I hate to tell you guys, I'm not sure about this. I, I felt better about the Steelers, but I'm not sure uh, what to feel right now. Um, let's start out I'm trying to think of how best we can do this. Let's start out Steelers offense against the Bengals defense. Um, I I think it really comes down to the offensive line, and I'm not sure what to say. Um, I saw a story this week um, okay. saying that like James Daniels was supposed to be the best offensive lineman going into the year. He struggled. Um, and I, I watched a um, they were looking at James Daniels saying, "Hey, he kind of looked better in the last game." But I'm not sure, man. Um, you know, it may not be better than last year. I thought it was going to, their offensive line was going to be a little bit better. They haven't showed that so far. Now, again, they have a new offensive line coach. He's teaching new stuff. I don't know. Is it going to get better as the season goes on? I, I, I Well, maybe let's start by asking this. Can we expect better things in game one? After seeing the preseason. And when I mean better things, I'm not talking about Hall of Fame play. I'm just talking about acceptable play that's not going to destroy the game chances for the Steelers. Being at that Detroit game, it, it looked like our offensive line for all four quarters were ghosts. I mean, this the the de- de- defenders were just running straight. I mean, I, I don't even think they were actual entities on our O-line. Yeah, that game was rough. I, I didn't like either. They had one drive where they had, like, back-to-back-to-back penalties against the uh, offensive line, which I think the Steelers were still able to get a field goal out of that drive, but they were lucky. I mean, they were within the 20. It turned out to be, like, a 50-yard field goal that Basel made. Uh, Joe, do you have hope in the Steelers' offensive line for game one? You think they could look a little bit better than they've had in the past? Uh I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to be significantly better. Um, 
I think an actual gameplay is definitely a different scenario than a preseason game. Though, uh, yeah, going on the road for game one, going against a tough divisional opponent. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling great about the old line play. What I'm, what I'm, uh, I'm hoping happens is uh, Trubisky gets himself set up in a position where, as that porous O line <laughs> lets people through, he's giving himself the position that he needs to be in to be able to roll out and make passes and and move a little bit with his feet and be a little bit more mobile than uh, Ben was able to be last year. Um, that's really the only hope for for tomorrow. That's it. Well, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. That's There's just not a whole lot else that we can really hang our hat on. Um, his, his mobility and the ability to uh, escape some some pass rush is the is where the game is going to be won or lost. Here's the other thing that concerns me. Um, Deontay Johnson may not play. Um, now, again, we're taping this Wednesday. Who knows? By tomorrow, he could be fine, and we don't have to worry about it. But they're saying he's kind of a question mark for Sunday. And I know uh, through the offseason, we weren't always singing Deontay Johnson's praises, to say the least. But, you know, no Calvin Austin. He's an IR. He's going to miss the first couple of games. So you're looking at a no receiver. Miller. Yeah, no Miller. So you're down to Sims. Who represented himself really well in the in the preseason, yeah. and uh, Boykin? Right, but, but let's look at the stars first. So you got Claypool and Pickens, assuming they stay healthy, they will they're going to start, which is fine. Sure. Um, you've got Olszewski, who's looked good. I never thought he was going to be a receiver candidate, but technically he's your third receiver going into Sunday. And as uh, Joe just said, Johnson's not there. Yeah, and then, um, you know, as Joe said, uh, Stephen Sims, who, who's made some plays, and uh, Miles Boykin, who's made some plays. <clears throat> but it's not the receiver core that we thought, assuming Johnson doesn't play. Uh, how much does that worry you guys? Not much. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, to be honest, not much either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. it's not like Johnson was the Steelers' only possible star. Um, I mean, I think we have a, a well-rounded receiving core, and by the when you factor in the tight ends and Najee's catching ability, uh, I don't think it's going to be a major loss. Here's another thing that's kind of interesting: um, Liz Frank injuries can be serious at times. Um, during the Detroit game, Najee talked on camera about, "Hey, it's a Liz Frank injury." Uh, he didn't think he was a hundred percent. There were some reports saying he was going to be okay. How much is a Liz Frank injury concerning you? I mean, not not just should play. I, I'm not saying he's going to be held out, but could that be something he could aggravate? Maybe not in game one, but in the first couple games of the year. Does that concern you all? Somebody just needs to tell Liz to calm down. Okay. Hey, yeah, I'm not, Frank. I'm not Frank. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the Liz Frank does to you. Anybody know? I, no. I don't know. Okay. Hold on. But right. if yeah, Joe's a doctor, he'll he'll look out for us. If Harris isn't, if he's limited, that that's going to amplify the concern. Yeah, because right now you've got um, Jalen Warren, 
Well, it looks good. I'm not sure if I want Jalen Warren to be my 25 carry game right. guy. Um, yeah, base though, who's on the team more for his um, special teams. I would imagine that if Harris, and again, I've read nothing to say Harris is not going to be active for game one. But you still got Anthony McFarland on the practice squad if Harris ever wouldn't be able to play. But with this O-line, you need somebody like Harris who can fight for extra yardage. And I haven't seen guys like Snell or McFarland do a great job of that. And Harris did not look terrible um, in the last preseason game. It's just something when you hear that in the back of your head, like, ooh, this this is kind of rough. Boy, did it happen when he tried to catapult over that defender? My heart sank into my ankle. Yeah, yeah. A lot of weird choices on who played and who didn't play a lot last game. And then well, after, after Harris is Jalen Warren. Yeah. It's listed as second on the depth chart with Snell after him. Uh, Warren looked really good in preseason. Right. I'm excited about him being able to provide a little bit more uh, breathing room for Harris than Snell or McFarland ever did. Right, but I'm not sure if, if, you know, God forbid Harris ever got hurt and had to miss time. I'm not sure if Warren's your number one guy at the moment. Well, you know. He he may have to be. The number one guy is the guy who's number one. Right. Uh, So, neck man up. Yeah. If Harris is there, then he is the number one guy. But, uh, yeah, it's not the same level of of performance at this point that you expect out of out of Harris. Yeah, the Liz Frank injury is something in the middle of the foot. It's cartilage that's around the bone in the center part of your foot. Um, so, you know, there's a cluster of bones and, uh, and cartilage and things in the center there. So it does make it difficult for those injuries to heal because there's a lot of stuff going on and moving in that area of your, of your foot. So it just takes time to, to fully heal. And if he's not giving himself enough break to be able to heal, it, it can be a lingering thing. Yeah. And don't run his legs off Tomlin. I mean, obviously Harris is your number one guy, but you know, don't do the, like you did last year where you gave him 25 times and try to catch 10 passes a game and stuff. I mean, if you have Najee Harris on your fantasy football team, that's a dream. I mean, you'd love to see it happen. But I want to see Najee Harris healthy for the year. And if they start doing that, he won't be healthy all year. I just had a, a Michael Keaton Batman flashback when you said that. that, that at the beginning when uh, was it Jack Palance's character says to Jack Nicholson, like, you're my number one guy. My number one yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Tough <movie>. stuff. <laughs> um. All right, and, and, you know, we, we've talked about quarterback a little bit, but let's finish that up. Kind of a weird week for Steelers quarterbacks. They announced that Mitch Trubisky was your starting quarterback. Uh, apparently, a um, death chart got released this week, having uh, Mason Rudolph at number two and Kenny Pickett at number three. Steelers Nation lost their mind, and, and you know, death charts can change. I mean... You know, maybe early in the week they didn't think Pickett was number three, but that doesn't mean Pickett's going to be number three forever. It was just what happened one week. But apparently there was a copy and paste there. Yeah. Technology kind of, will save us all. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was a convenient excuse. Maybe they're trying to, you know, compress that and everyone lost their mind about that. Um, I don't have any different feelings about the quarterbacks as before. 
Um, you know, I, I'm okay if Mason starts, I'm not Mason, um, uh, Trubisky starts out the year, but, you know, it, it's going to eventually be Pickett's team, and depending on how the year goes, will be if it's earlier or later, but. What's it, it, funny to me about the whole thing is that there has never been a moment at any point since Trubisky was signed that the Steelers have done anything but indicate that Mitchell Trubisky was the number one quarterback. There has not been a single thing that has happened since that moment that should make any rational human being think that they aren't thinking of Trubisky as the number one quarterback. Not a single thing, not a single day, any way through that. They had the opportunity to hire, uh, to to draft a guy that they had their eye on and were excited about. That's great. But even in that process, there was nothing that they did that automatically crowned uh, Kenny Pickett. Not once. Well, I think everybody has been talking about this. Everybody has been talking about this. Oh, major quarterback battle. And oh my gosh, what are they going to do? And 150,000 articles have been written. What are they going to do about the quarterback situation? Every single day they have indicated that Trubisky was the number one guy. He's been the number one guy in the depth chart the whole time. It's It has been his job to lose the entire time. He hasn't lost it. They named him as one of the captains of the team. They're not going to have him be the backup as the captain of the of the team. That's just what is everybody's problem? Even well, if they always- did keep Pickett on number three, uh, the, it actually would make sense to me because you have a Tim Tebow problem with Pickett. You can't have Tim Tebow as your backup player because if as soon as there's an incomplete pass, everybody in the crowd was like, oh, Tebow needs to go in. And you're like, no, I have a number one quarterback. I don't need that to happen. We don't need that stuff with Pickett and Trubisky causing problems the whole way through. But anytime you draft it. Trubisky, right. the wheels would have to fall off for them to replace him with Pickett. I think probably within the first four to five games. The but, wheels but, would have to totally fall off. I don't disagree with you. Anytime you, you have a first-round draft pick that's a quarterback, there's going to be a faction that says, wow, is this the time? Is this the time? And, you know, again, it's preseason. It's going to be a lot different than can pick a place in the regular season. But, you know, we didn't know what Pickett was going to look like in the preseason. Who knows? I've watched enough Landry Jones in the preseason where he'll throw four interceptions a game during the preseason. I mean, and Pickett looked pretty good. And again, preseason, that doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, no doubt. But he looked good. I, I Here's the only thing that bothers me about Trubisky. It's fine. Trubisky's going to start against the Bengals. Life goes on. I'm not bothered by the fact that Trubisky's starting. You look at that line scheme, and, you know, Paul had tickets to the game. He could probably... You know, expound on this a little bit more. What bugged me about Trubisky during the Lions game was, yeah, that drive he had to in the first half, he looked pretty good. Had some nice throws and everything else. But the rest of the half, he was marginal at best. And you you get what you give Mitch Trubisky. I mean, you know, Trubisky's not an elite franchise quarterback. I get all of that. 
I think what leaves a little bit of pause to me was that Trubisky was really, really inconsistent against the Lions. Everyone was like, oh, he looked great. Well, yeah, last drive he looked fantastic. But I remember he had two other drives that started out around the 20-yard line for the Lions, and he went three and out. And I know not everybody gets touchdowns every possession they have, but if you have that killer instinct, you're like, dang, okay, you're going to get at least one touchdown that. You just didn't yet. So, again, I'm fine with Trubisky being the quarterback. Um, I think Pickett needs to develop. I'm not completely sold on Trubisky either. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope next week we're talking about, dang, Trubisky was efficient. He looked great. The Sooners beat the Bengals. I, I just don't know if I can count on that. But, again, we knew what we were getting into. We kind of held on to Big Ben a little bit too long. And you kind of have some okay average quarterbacks for the next little bit. So, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. The, the thing that, and I shared with you guys off uh, on messages, but what bugged me about Trubisky at the Lions game, the team comes out, they're all, they run out, they're all excited, the crowd's hyped up. The whole mob of the team gets out there, and then sauntering out, like he just lost his puppy, is Mitch Trubisky. The entire game, Trubisky does nothing to pump up his team. He stands there, waits for the play call, tells it to the huddle, and goes to do the play. Doesn't try to encourage guys after they mess up a play. Doesn't try to rally them together if things are going rough. Doesn't, I mean, does nothing out there except stand there. The only time he jogged was at the, at the end of the first half when they were kind of getting into a little bit of a, a rush, and then he celebrated the touchdown. That, that was it. He was completely flatlined until that last drive. And not that we need a quarterback to have pom-poms in that, but you'd at least think your quarterback's going to be the guy to say, hey, that's all right, we'll get the next one. or just Something other than just stand there by yourself, not interacting with your team as you're waiting for the huddle. Just He does nothing, and that worried me more than anything. And I know I'm a picket guy, but objectively – there, Trubisky he looked like his puppy just died and he had 10 other places he'd rather be than in that stadium and Trubisky's in a tough spot I, I can't believe he didn't think the Steelers were going to draft the quarterback high but you know when you're that bridge quarterback you're not guaranteed anything and I'm not blaming the Steelers. I mean, it happens all over the league. I mean, look at Dallas. I, I got friends who are still ticked off that their incumbent Tony Romo got his job taken away by Dak Prescott. But, you know, there'll be a time where, unless Trubisky really balls out, it'll, it'll be Kenny Pickett's team. And, and, Joe, I'm not blaming Trubisky at all. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's just when you draft a quarterback with that first-round pick, you know, there's a rush job, and it shouldn't be like that. I'm not saying it's right. I mean, could you imagine I was advocating for them to pick up, like, Malik Willis at the 20th pick? Malik Willis has done some nice things for the Titans in preseason. He's not ready. Kane Pick is a whole lot more ready than Malik Willis ever will be. But if they picked Willis at number 20, they almost would have had to rush Willis on there sometime this year. Because, again, when you draft a quarterback one, you almost have to do that. Um, let's talk real quick about the Bengals' defense. 
Um, I'm not super sold in the Bengals' defense. Um, I thought they had a really good run in the playoffs. Uh, Trey Hedrickson is their big um, pass rusher. Um, I look at their defensive backfield. Uh, Jesse Bates got uh, re-signed to his franchise tag. He should be back. Uh, Dax Hill's the number one uh, draft pick as a safety. He's looked pretty good on the preseason. I really think the, the key to this part of the game is can the Steelers block the Bengals' pass rush? And other than Hendrickson and uh, Sam Hubbard, I don't think the Bengals have that great of a pass rush. I'm not quite sure if the Steelers can block them. I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, if they, if they can get good blocking down, the Steelers might be okay. But I, I'm not convinced about the offensive line. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Right, right, right. <clears throat> right. But, I mean, could they be half okay? Uh, think back to the game where they beat Buffalo in the season opener. Their offense line wasn't good back then, but at least they were okay enough to, you know, keep Big Ben from, you know, dying during the game. I don't know. But I'll tell you, I'm not completely convinced about the Bengals' defense. So, I mean, offense line, battle of the trenches. I, I think that's really going to let you know if the Steelers could do anything on offense. Yeah, absolutely. If, <clears throat> if, if he's got enough time to do what he needs to do. Confident in the receiving core, confident in the tight ends, confident in the uh, in Harris in the backfield. Uh, it's just, it's all about Trubisky having enough time mm-hmm. to do what he needs to do on, on, t- on offense. I think for all of the, the great things that the Bengals offense was able to do last year, I, I, I'll take uh, Steelers defense over Bengals offense. Yeah, and um, you know, Steelers defense, we, we've been over where it's at. I mean, they're deeper. Uh, look at the defensive line. Um, you really didn't have that many good on, like, inside guys. Now you got uh, Ty Oalu and um, Larry Okunjobi, who, as a team, they could do well. They'll spell each other, so neither one have to play, you know, 100 plays on Sunday. Obviously, Cam Hayward's good. I don't think we need to debate that. Um, you know, linebackers, uh, you got T.J. Watt. Um, this guy they picked up from Denver, very interesting. Um, Miles, uh, the guy they got in the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Reed. Oh, Malik Reed. I, I got Miles in my brain for some reason. Uh, yeah, Malik Reed. Uh, he's going to be a number th- third guy. Um, he could even end up being number two if Highsmith doesn't play better. I like how or they picked him up. Still, or if he's still injured. Yeah. Both Watt and uh, Highsmith are questionable right now on Wednesday night. They actually dropped Tuska, and they picked up Jameer Jones. Uh, if you remember about a year ago, Jameer Jones was like the darling of training camp. Uh, he did really well on special teams and played well on defense. He didn't survive the final cup, but he's back now too. So it should be interesting. Um, Secondary, I think it's okay. I'm Levi Wallace, uh, Cam Sutton, uh, Witherspoon. Obviously, um, can't say enough good things about um, uh, Fitzpatrick on defense. I think Terrell Edmonds has quietly had a really good uh, train camp. I don't think you can always say that about Terrell Edmonds. I think they'll miss Kazee, uh, but apparently they got Adams, a, a safety from Tampa Bay, who's going to come in and try to fill in the void for at least a little bit. Um. I, I don't know, comparing them to the Bengals, just keep 
Jamar Chase. They're not going to completely shut down Jamar Chase, but keep him from going super crazy. You know, he's going to get some catches. I mean, if he's got 150 yards receiving, see if in trouble. Um, I think the other thing, Bengals have a much better offensive line. They picked up some veterans that were a mess last year. Can the Steelers get a pass rush from Joe Burrow? If they can't, good things can happen. If this Bengals offensive line keeps uh, Burrow clean, I, I think the Steelers have good enough defense where they're not going to get destroyed, but they're not going to be able to control the tempo of the game. Any thoughts on the Steelers' defense? Uh, I think this will be a good test because uh, secondary is an, an issue that is a question mark for me, and that it's it, this will be uh, a nice little introduction to what we can expect from the secondary. They'll get tested for sure. And, you know, I go back to where the Steelers could win this game. Is Cincinnati going to be rusty? I mean, uh, Burrow hasn't played. I don't think he's played all during the preseason. He has appendix. He's been recovering from. uh, Appendicitis. Yeah, he has appendix out. Um, They could catch him rusty. It's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening there. Um, Specialists, um, you know, Harvin looked pretty good. Um, eh, Boswell's a little up and down and kicking. Hopefully he'll be okay. Love to see some guys step up and do some things on the return game. I usually don't have as much kick returns anymore, but hopefully from either like a Steven Sims or somebody. I want a punt returner or Ozuski that can help out. And we'll see if somebody can step up early in, in the year. All right, let's, so let's get to the picks. Anybody want to go at the start? Uh, just go. Well, well, give me a score, too. I mean, you know, what's your predicted score for the game? Uh, 21-13 Bengals. Okay. Joe, what about you? Hmm. I'm thinking that it's something more along the lines of like 21-18 Pittsburgh. Oh. Well, you think Steelers a guy? I think they'll edge him out. I think it may come down to a field goal. Here's my issue. I think the Bengals are going to be rusty. And when we did our schedule pickup game, I actually had the Steelers win this game. I kind of looked at it kind of like I did in the Buffalo game, where Buffalo ended up being a better team than the Steelers, but Pittsburgh kind of flat-footed. I think the Steelers will catch them a little bit flat-footed. I'm just not convinced enough the offensive line is going to be able to withstand the the Bengals. I'm saying Bengals maybe like 23-16. It's going to be close. It won't be a blowout by any means. I, I just don't have the faith in the offensive line right now to give the Steelers a win. Well, maybe it's Paul's best-case scenario where the horrible offensive line lets so many uh, pass rushers crush Trubisky that Pickett has to come in. I, yeah. I, I believe Pickett can win the job at some point just – by being good, I, I do not wish any physical ill upon Trubisky, uh, nor any other player on either side of the ball. <laughs> Just to be clear, one more thought. Then I know. Why are you holding that voodoo doll right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why something's going on here. Behind you in your living room, with the big X mark over Trubisky, and I don't think that's really right. I think you should reconsider your life choices at this point. 
Here's one thing, and I want to see this out of Trubisky, because preseason doesn't tell you everything. Can Trubisky show poise if he's under pressure? Now, he was under severe pressure. I mean, where he was literally running for his life. But he missed a couple passes when he was under pressure. And I know it's hard for any quarterback to, to do that. I want to see how he looks under pressure. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So, should be a fun game. Again, we all hope this is one ever game by 100 points. But we're just giving you kind of more realistic predictions. Like if we're putting tons of money on this game. And, so. uh, and I, it always is amusing to be concerned about, oh, the first half, you know. Uh, it was looking a little lackluster, and uh, I just don't know if he'll be able to sustain that through, be able to pull that out of that, pull us out of that before the end of the game. Did we watch any of the games last year? Uh, oh, that yeah. was Steeler football. Uh, just That's tremendously horrible football. first halves, and then finding a way to like pull it out by the skinning <laughs> your teeth at by the end of the game. That is Steeler football at this point. Big Ben was a big factor in that equation though i know <laughs> and that's why i still am concerned and interested in seeing what people are able to do trubisky or Pickett, with the two-minute drill <laughs> what can you do at the end of a half and, and while while pick trubisky didn't look great in the first half of that that uh detroit game he came out in the two-minute drill at the end of the half and pulled it out and made it happen so well, remember the first play that's of... A, that's a positive thing in my in my book. Yeah, keep the faith. Remember the first play of the season last year. Buffalo had like a 70-yard kickoff. I mean, they barely tackled him before they made it to the end zone. And we're like, oh my gosh, what a mess. This is horrible. Steelers ended up um, holding him to field goal and they ended up winning the game. So, yeah, it's just said, if things start really goofy, that doesn't mean Steelers are going to lose. Um, can they hold, hang in there? And... We'll see. Should be good. All right, we got one more segment tonight. Uh, we're going to try to uh, gear it done pretty quick. Joe still looks somewhat awake, so we're, we're going to see if we can hang on to for one more segment. Thanks for ch- that'll wake him up. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> so thanks for checking out our show. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.